0: Welcome to another episode of Six Minute Monday, where I give you six tips and tricks to make you more efficient and effective in the weight room, the boardroom, and on a football field. Tip number one it's not an exercise tip, it's a football tip. And for those of you that possibly forgot, the Advanced Training Podcast, our tagline is actually home of the blue collar football player. So, the first tip we're going, we're going, we're getting out of the weight room for a second. We're going onto a football field, and it's an oldie but a goodie. This is a term that I've used with every single linebacker that I've ever coached. I was reminded of it while I was talking to my niece on Thanksgiving because my niece, yes, my niece, not my nephew, plays for McKee's high school football team here at Staten Island. Uh, she's a wide receiver, and she was saying, I need help learning how to tackle because I'd like to play DB, but I've only played flag football, and I really don't know how to tackle. So we were going over first, like, how do you make contact before you even tackle? So the thing we talked about was this phrase, get ready for it, Frank Torres. Same arm, same leg. I'll say it again. Same arm, same same leg. So what does that mean? So it means when you're going to hit somebody, you're going to block them, uh, you're going uh, to engage a blocker to get off of you. If there's any form of contact, you're trying to lay somebody out on a football field. You want to hit them with the same arm and the same leg. That means if my right foot is in the ground, my right shoulder is hitting that person. Watch any nasty hit. It's always the guy that's getting blown up that has his right foot in the ground and his left shoulder going forward going against somebody, hitting them with the same arm, same leg. And there's a great demonstration that you do with your players to kick off this this concept of same arm, same leg, is that you have them stand, burst off with their foot in the air, and you push their shoulder. And it doesn't matter how big that guy is or girl, they're flipping over, right? So that's what I did to her. I stand with her foot in the air, and I said, stand up, and I just pushed her with ease. I said, yeah, your foot has to be in the ground. That's thing number one. Thing number two is you have that person stand with their right foot in the ground and their left shoulder going forward. Then you put your hand on their left shoulder, boop, and you push them with ease. Two fingers, bang, you just push them around. Then you say, all right, now let's go right foot in the ground, right shoulder, and you really try and push. And and that day I was trying, man. My vein was popping out of my forearm. vein was popping out of the bicep, and I couldn't move her. So then I said, listen, I'm going to text five different linebackers right now, and I'm just going to say same arm. Let's see what they respond. And all of them, to a man, wrote back, same leg. So that football tip, same arm, same leg. Okay, tip number two, something I am experimenting with. Uh... If you guys know if I have an issue with my feet, they're actually feeling a lot better. But I've also had issues because of my feet, cause other problems across my legs. Anyway... I saw uh, this little tip to, on how to massage the top of your foot. So I'm really good at putting my foot on a lacrosse ball, you know, rolling out the bottom of my feet. But I never really thought about massaging the top of my feet. So I've added this little element into what I'm doing, where I am taking my finger and I'm running them in between the bones of my feet. You could do it right now. Just look down at your foot. Hopefully you have no shoes or socks on, or even if you have socks on. Just rub your f- finger Not between your toes, but between the bones of your feet that lead right up to your toes. So like right where the the, the webbing of your foot meets your actual toe, rub it in between each one of those. Then maybe pull your toes out, maybe pull them back to you, maybe pull them down into the bottom of your foot. And then rub the top of your foot where the top of your foot meets your ankle. And man, not only did that help my foot. It actually helped the rest of my leg. So what people don't realize is that the point of pain that you have may not necessarily be the source of your pain. So for example, if my calf hurts, it's not necessarily my calf that's the problem. It could be things that are tight above and below my calf, stretching my calf or putting extreme pressure on my calf in an uncomfortable position. So what we, this me massaging my foot actually helped the rest of my leg. Okay, tip number three, a quote that I am thinking about. A man who distracts himself. Whoa, screw that one up. (laughs) Let me start that one again. A man who lacks purpose distracts himself with pleasure. I'll say that again. A man who lacks purpose distracts himself with pleasure. And boy, is that right. Because uh, I'm two weeks out of a hectic multi-team football season or seasons. And I've had a little bit of spare time in my hand. And I stupidly went back into Instagram, and I'm stupidly looking at stupid stuff that adds absolutely no value to my life. So, yeah, I lacked purpose. I'm back on the horse right now. I, I, am, I am a man on a mission right now. I'll get back to that in another podcast, but I am a man on a mission right now. I'm getting back off of Instagram. But two things that stuck out to me while looking at Instagram. One—well, it's maybe one thing. I, I'm just amazed by how many people in this world— are so intent on saying that they are an individual, that they are a rare breed, that they are special, that they are unique. And that all I see on Instagram is people posting the exact same videos of the exact same thing. If it's not some dudes uh, bobbing their head or some girls bobbing their head, it's it's uh, people dancing in front of a camera doing uh, you know, choreographed dances, the same dance, to the same exact song, clapping their hands at the same exact moment. So basically, everybody wants to be different by doing the exact same thing, I don't know, it confuses me, so glad to be back off of social media, uh, man, I, that's why you gotta fill your life with purpose, so you're not distracted with pleasure, and this is also another shout out, we're starting our 2022 challenge season, and there's a lot of people that have been comfortable, real comfortable not doing anything, and putting themselves in bad spots, get yourself back into the season, man, it'll, it'll give you some purpose, and you won't have to distract yourself with so much pleasure, Okay, tip number four. Something that I'm watching that's moved me. It's on Netflix right now. It's a show called Animals. Many of you know my love of animals. Uh, I'm obsessed with how they interact in the wild. It's actually given me a whole new appreciation for what goes on. You know, it's not just a, a happy little world out there. There's a battle every single day. And there's two things that were pretty cool watching this animal show. One, cougars. Mountain lions. They've evolved. So, the they used to be believed to be hunt- hunting alone, right? They just hunt alone. Now, they're hunting together, and they're hunting together without even their own family. Like, it could be two random mountain lions that have now begun to hunt together, share food together. Because, uh, I guess, the population has grown, and now they've learned that they can do better hunting in packs. Pretty sick. I love evolution of animals. I thought it was also pretty sick, this wasn't on that show, that they are now, uh, I believe it was uh, chimpanzees or some some form of primate Actually uses a stick to hunt. They're like they're in their quote-unquote stone ages of evolution, which is pretty sick. That we're actually watching other creatures evolve or animals evolve. Thing number two is it gets into the life of the king, uh, or I should not say the king, the head, the, the, the head, a, head lion, the head male lion. We'll call him the Lion King, but he's the head of that pride, right? And everybody thinks, wow, it'd be awesome to be the head lion. It's pretty cool, man. You just sit back, your female lions go do all the hunting. You go eat the food first. Life is good. But it's really not. It's kind of, I'd say it's almost the equivalent of being a a head football coach. Is that when you're in that position, everybody wants what you got. So this lion, this male lion, first of all, when when you are that lion, you have to protect your pride. And there's always other male lions coming in trying to take what you got. And sometimes there's more than one. Sometimes it's like a pack of male lions coming in to kill you and then kill all your cubs and start over again with that pride, which is awful. Two, let's say you're a baby male lion. You're born, right? Your life is good. Your da- your daddy's the Lion King, right? He's Mufasa. Well, it's not like the Lion King where, that you know, daddy puts you on the top of this perch and shows you off to all the other animals and says, this is the next king. No. It, it, when you get old enough, you get kicked out, and now you've got to go roam around and fight another lion, male lion, and hopefully take over his pride. Right? So it, it's it's not easy being a lion. And hopefully when you're a little kid, you're, you're male lion dad. Your dad doesn't get killed by another male lion because guess what they'll do? They'll eat you. They, they eat all the kids. So it's, it's a rough road to the top. It's a rough road to keep it at the top. And yeah, life is tough. Uh, it gives you a whole new appreciation for the constant struggle that these animals go through every single day to survive. Uh, As Jimmy Yuski once said, nature is metal. Okay, tip number five, a productivity tip. This is an oldie but a goodie. And this is something I am doing right now. Every day from now until Christmas, it's throw out or donate one thing every single day. So I am trying to clutter. It it frustrates me to no end. Uh, it, It gives me pain that you wouldn't believe. I get absolute joy when I look in my closet and there is, like, space between all of my shirts that are hung up. It's kind of like those TV shows where those guys have those closets where all the shirts look exactly the same and there's not a lot of things aren't getting all wrinkled because they're so crammed in there together. That gives me joy. That gives me inner peace. Anyway, so what I am doing every single day, I am donating or getting rid of one thing every single day from now until Christmas because I am preparing myself for stuff that's going to be coming in. Now, you may say, hey, listen, Coach Mahoney, you're a minimalist. What's all this stuff you're getting in on Christmas? Well, again, this is a bonus tip for for people. The way the Mahoney family works is my mom, my sisters will say, what do you want for Christmas? You tell them, and then they get it for you. There's no real surprises, which is a benefit, right? You're not going to get junk that you don't need. So what I'm asking them for is stuff that I legitimately need or buy myself, and it's kind of boring. Like, I say, like, I need creatine. You know, like, give me this supplement, because I'm going to buy it anyway. Uh, I just don't want to add more clutter into my life. You know, I don't want six new pairs of sweatpants, because, you know, my rule is that when I get a pair of sweatpants, if I get a pair of anything, shirt, whatever, if I get something new, I have to throw something out. So my goal is to create... Some room, create some real estate for some things i'm sure I'll inadvertently get, uh, and also i've been a little bit of clothes has been creeping up over the last few months, so this is a good practice i 'd recommend it to all of you, and you 'll see that it 's not as easy as you think, and it 's definitely a better technique and look, i 'm going to take this whole Saturday and do spring cleaning and it, there's a lot of emotional decisions that go on in that one day, so do one thing a day, but it 's harder than you think. you might not be able to get rid of that sweater that you haven't worn in six years Meanwhile, there 's some person out there. That it doesn't have enough clothes. That they could they could actually benefit from getting that sweater. Okay, tip number six. It's usually uh, we res- usually res- uh, leave this one for the strangest thing I saw all week, but I want to just talk a little bit about the workout that we had on Saturday. So we had a a mini Tough Man workout on Saturday, and it involved only two things: sliders and then a seated sled pull. So we called it uh, sliders and sliders and sled pulls. That's what it was, and there's been some debate amongst the people at advanced training on in what order we should have done our tough man channel challenge and why we didn't leave the sled pull to be the last thing and why was it always sled pull and sliders and my reasoning was was that, that there was a very clear design to the tough man competition because it gave you certain breaks that you would need so for those of you that forget right before the sled pull on the tough man you are doing a prowler push. So my thought was, okay, your legs are tired. Now you get to sit down on this bucket, and you get to use your arms to pull the sled. That was my actual thought. Well, what we did in this workout, this is kind of important, is that we did a build them up break them down Meaning, we went, let's just say, uh, 10 yards with a slider, sat on the bucket, did a sled pull. Then the next set, we went 15 yards on a bu- slider, sat on a bucket, did a 15-yard sled pull. Then we went 20 yards with a slider. And we sat on a bucket and did a 20-yard sled pull. Now, what you start to realize as you do this repeatedly and this build them up break them down oh, the break-em-down part was that we went back to 15 and then to 10. What you start to realize are two things. One, going from a slider to a sled pull is absolutely brutal because your arms are really fatigued from the slider. I'd say your arms are actually more fatigued from the sliders than they are from the sled pull. So you now you get up from the slider, you go do a sled pull, and your arms are shot. That was thing number one. Thing number two what people don't realize is that as you add more chain to this build-em-up, break-em-down, you add more chain, it's a bear. Not only because you have to pull a longer distance with the chain, but you also have to pull more chain. So as the chain adds more weight to the overall weight that you're pulling. So as we got to the top of this this peak of this build-em-up, right, that 10, 15, 20 Uh, Tom Galley and I were just shot, arms completely shot, and it didn't help that it was a scorched earth day. So there's a lot to it. Now, why do the build-em-up break them down? Well, for me, the build-em-up part is kind of like you get your little warm-up in... We we do, don't get me wrong, we do our actual warm-up. I'm not saying skip your warm-up, but you're actually getting a warm-up in to that cycle. Imagine you're bench pressing. Uh, Most people are going to throw 315 on the bar in their first set. They might throw like, uh, I don't know, 185, 225 just to prime the muscles. That's what we're kind of doing with the the build-it-up part, the 10, the 15, and the 20 was the high part. But then the beautiful part about breaking it down is, in a way, it's its own little mini form of post-activation potentiation, meaning after I go for that full 20 yards on that slider to sled pull, then going fifteen yards seems easier than it did the first time I did fifteen yards. Then going ten yards seems much easier than the first time I did ten yards. So we built them up, we broke them down, and then also what we did was we changed the order where we started going from sled pull to slider. Right? We didn't want to just keep the same movement going every single time. So we went sled pull to slider. And then we also changed our approach. So we did the sled pull, sorry, we did a slider and then we broke out to our right to do a sled pull, and then we changed the approach where we did a slider and broke out to our left to do a sled pull, because we really don't want to be uh, one-dimensional creatures. So that was it. That was the workout that we did. It's pretty sick. Maybe I give way too much thought into these workouts, but I do believe, that's why I always said that these things are like uh, people's screwball workouts, are like throwing paint on the Mona Lisa. I do believe that this is a form of art. I do believe that everything you do, it's, it's a beautiful creation, and don't mess it up. All right, people, enjoy your week. I uh, hope you like this way longer than Six minute Sunday yet again. All right, bye. This episode is brought to you by Element. That's L-M-N-T. What's Element? Element is the product that came into my life at exactly the right moment. I've been training hard. I've been sweating like a maniac. But unfortunately, after my sessions, I could never kick that feeling of dehydration. It didn't matter how much water I drank. In fact, the more water I drank, the worse it got. My body was telling me, you need more. You need electrolytes. But I refused to go and buy some sugary sports drink and put that garbage into my body. Enter Element. What's Element? It's a tasty electrolyte drink mix. That's right. I said tasty. They have seven different flavors. My personal favorite is mango chili. But most importantly, it's got no sugar. It's got no gluten. It's got no garbage. There's got no guilt. Take it. You'll feel better. You won't feel like a bum after you drink it. You won't feel any guilt after taking it. To get your element today, go to drinklmnt.com backslash George Mahoney. Again, that's drinklmnt.com backslash George Mahoney. Get yours today.